Blessed be the name of the Lord. Healing in his name one more time. Healing in the name. Healing in the name. Healing in the name of the Lord. Healing in the name. Healing in the name. Healing in the name of the Lord. Jesus, bless us today, Lord. Let your presence be here. As it already is, Lord, let it continue to grow stronger and stronger as the service moves on. We ask your blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. I'm going to read the scripture in just a couple of moments. But one thing we didn't mention yet, which we should have, is there is a brand new married couple here today. This, the marriage is about one week old. Amen. It's good to have Brother Cain and Sister Alicia. Let's give them a hand. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. In a few moments, I'm going to be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 22, but I want to lay a little bit of groundwork. This story is about David, and he is, uh, at this point in his life, uh, running for his life. Saul has um, had it out for him for some time, and everything really came to a head, and, and uh, Saul's son had to, uh, Jonathan, had to warn David, and we see that in 1 Samuel chapter 20. I'm not going to read it, but he had to warn David that Saul, his father, Jonathan's father, uh, was going to try to kill him and that he should run for his life. So we see that in the Scripture. Now, I'd like to preface just before I read this Scripture, how many of you have ever been in a place in your life where not only are you in a low place or a difficult place, but it seems like things are piling on on top of the low place? Has anybody ever been in a place in your life where you've been discouraged or you've been distraught or it just seems like, you, you know, you're kind of backed up into a corner, and not only are you backed up into a corner, it just seems like every devil in hell is, is, is doing his best to try to destroy you or hurt you. Uh, you, got, you got hurt and pain coming from all different directions, and, and, and all things is just piling on and piling on and piling on. So has anybody, anybody ever been there? All right. So I, I hope that somebody's going to be blessed by this message this morning. 1 Samuel 22, the first two verses, you can remain seated. Uh, David, therefore, departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. My message this morning is going to be the cave Adullam. But he escaped to the cave Adullam, and when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And every Now notice verse 2. First of all, let me back up a little bit. Remember the groundwork I just laid for you. David is running for his life. He's hiding in a cave, the cave of Adullam. And then in verse 2, this is the piling on, if I can call it that. And everyone that is in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. 
So I'd like to ask you today, in the low place, undoubtedly every one of us, maybe you are there right now, or you have been, or sometime in the future you may be in a low place. When you are in that low place, you are praying, God, send me some money. Or God, send me somebody that can encourage me. Or God, send somebody that can come alongside me and help me out of this circumstance that I am in. You don't expect in a low place in your life for God to send you the discontented, the distressed, those people that are in debt. Some of us would say we're going through a financial trouble right now. Well, God, don't send me somebody that is worse off than I am. Send somebody that can at least buy me a hamburger or something. Are you all kind of with me? You know, here, here, David, he's backed into a corner. He's in a cave. He had to run for his life. And God, listen to me, God is sending to him the people that are gathering unto him, the distressed, those that are in debt, those that are discontented. Those were the ones that were gathering themselves unto him. So this morning I'm preaching the cave of Dullam. In 1 Samuel 24, and I know this is lengthy, but I need to read it, uh, starting at verse 2. 1 Samuel 24, starting at verse 2. And Sister Ellen's hands are going to be on fire by the end of the service because of how much she's going to have to sign. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men. (laughs) Now, let me stop here for a second. So you're in a cave, all right? Everybody got to say cave. You're in a cave, and everybody that's coming to gather around you is either in debt, distressed, troubled, or whatever's going on in their lives. And the people that do gather around you, there's 400 of them, 400 people that are either in debt, distressed, or discontented. 400. Everybody say 400. Now, in, verse, in chapter 24, verse 2, Saul took 3,000 chosen men. So let's just use the numbers. There were 401 people in that cave. Probably more than that, but let's just use that number. And Saul sends 3,000 chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men Uh, and his men upon the rocks and the wild goats. In other words, they looked in the mountains for him, verse 3. And he came to the sheep coats, by the way, where was a cave. Saul didn't know where David was, but there was a cave there. It says, and Saul went in to cover his feet. And for those of you that are Bible scholars, he went in to use the bathroom. And Saul went to cover his feet, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. So they were hiding in the, in, the, in the back of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, and thou mayest do to him as it shall seem 
good unto thee. And David arose and cut off the skirt of David's robe privately, and came, and it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had caught, cut off Saul's skirt or a little piece of uh, material off of his clothing. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master and the Lord's anointed to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. You have been treated, and I'm going to stop there for a moment. I'm going to go to verse 7. But he has been treated despicably by Saul. The things that Saul was doing to him were just a shame. And then he is saying, David is saying, I, I cannot reach forth my hand against the anointed of the Lord. Verse 7, so David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul, but Saul rose up out of the cave and went his way. David, verse 8, also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried up to Saul, saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped, or he bowed his face to the earth and bowed himself. In uh, verse 9, And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou the men's words, saying, Behold, David uh, seek, seeketh thy hurt. So what, what David says here in verse 9 is to Saul is you've been hearing some wrong news from people. Some people have been telling you that, that I, David, am trying to hurt you. Where have you heard that? Is what he's saying. Verse 9, And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou the men's words? Verse 10, Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how the Lord hath delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave. And some bade me kill thee, but mine eyes spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against the Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. My Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Verse 11, moreover, my father, see ye the skirt. In other words, he held up the piece of material uh, of thy robe in my hand. And uh, for in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe I, and, and killeth thee not, know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand. And I have not sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. I know that was a lengthy reading. But it's important today to understand when you look at the definition or what the meaning adullam means. It's talking the cave adullam. The adullam means refuge. What you need to know about this cave is uh, that even though David was in distress and he and it seems like everybody that came to him was in distress, uh, he knew sooner or later that he was going to come out of that cave. Uh, I'm going to preach to somebody today about how you behave in the cave uh, is going to dictate how you're going to come out of the cave uh, because you're not going to stay in the cave forever. You've got to be careful to make sure you you handle yourself wisely because if you do, when you come out of that, uh, amen, something is going to be set forth in your life. Caves of the Bible, they were temporary places. Some were hiding places where they found safety and shelter during times of extreme duress. And in the case of the cave of Dullam, it was a hiding place 
It was a place that David was hiding or waiting for the justice of God because God had already had him anointed to be the next king, and he knew it, but he was not going to put himself on that throne. He was going to let God put him on the throne. And so first, David's. when we read the story, the first thing is when David runs for his life, David's family comes to him. Even though when we look at the past of David's life and previously it didn't seem that he had the greatest relationship with his family, but now they were coming to support him. And then everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, uh, everyone that was discontented began to gather to him. I want you to hear this. God called the unlikely and that unique group of people unto David at the cave of Adullam. God called the people. You, you and I would have prayed for people that could support us, right? Amen. We would have prayed for people that can lift us up and encourage us and help us. But God is allowing all the discontented and the discouraged to gather to them, uh, uh, unto him. But I want you to hear something this morning. Uh, our God can take what looks like it's going south, uh, what looks like it's going the wrong direction, what looks like it's not only getting bad, but it's getting worse by the hour. And God can turn that situation around, uh, and he can take that unlikely army of discontented and debt people that are full of debt and bind them together and bind their hearts together so they become David's mighty men. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. You might be in a cave right now. You might be in distress right now. Everybody coming your way might be seeming like they're pushing you further and further away from the blessings of God. But if you will put yourself in the hand of God, if you will trust God, if you will trust what God is setting up in your life, life, then God can turn it all around, and what was meant to destroy you is going to be meant to make you strong and mighty. I'm not the only one here that has at times looked up at the heavens uh, and sometimes I've prayed and it seems like the heavens were like brass uh, and my prayers wouldn't seem to get past the ceiling. Uh, and But yet, uh, there have been times where I've been like that where it seems like it went from bad to worse. Uh, but I allowed God to mold me and shape me and make me into what God wanted me to do uh, uh, or be so that I could become uh, or, or get to that next place in God. Amen. These were these people that were coming to David. They might not have been people he would have chosen for himself. In fact, they probably would not have been chosen by David if they had a line. How, how many of you have ever you ever played a game like, you know, a pickup game of, of softball or baseball? Anybody ever do that play play a pick? You know what a pickup game is, right? That means everybody kind of lines up. And you got two coaches, and the first coach picks, and the next coach picks, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, maybe it, maybe it was kickball or football or whatever, but, you know, just a pickup game. And usually, if you have been chosen to be the captain, when it's your turn to pick, you're going to pick who you know is going to help your team. Hello? You know what I'm talking about. And so you're going to pick, in, in other words, the best are going to be picked first. But what God is doing to David is say, see that one that has never hit a ball yet in their whole life? I want them on your team. 
See that one that can't run to get out of their own way? I want them on your team. See that one that nobody else wants? I want them on your team. So David is seemingly being set up for failure because he's not getting the cream of the crop. He's getting the rejects. But I serve a God that can take the rejects. I serve a God that can take the worst of the worst and he can take them and mold them into a mighty army where 400 men are going to be feared by the nations around them because of what God can do to them and through them. Would somebody put their hands together for a moment? So David's prayer, I believe, I am absolutely 100% cr uh, 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 correct in this. David, in his distressful circumstance in the cave of Dullam, his prayer was, God, send me help. Amen? Maybe I just need to drive this home a little bit. If you were in a cave and people were hunting for you, what would your prayer be? Help. Send me some help. I don't want the guy that can't fight his way out of a wet paper bag. I want, I want the pro wrestler. Amen. I want Muhammad Ali. That's why I want on my side. I want the guy that's the captain of the wrestling team. I want the guy that every time they step up the bat, they can hit a home run. Hello? That's who I want. But God says that's not who I want. Because they tend to be full of themselves. Listen, I know it's been a while since some of you have been in high school. Some of you, it's been a long, 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 long time since you've been in high school. But if you can draw from the back of your brain somewhere for a few moments, you remember what it was like in high school. How many of you remember the jocks strutting around the school? You, you know what I mean? You, you, or was it just my school? I mean, <laughs> you know, there was the smart kids. There were the strong kids. There were the popular kids. Anybody know what, the, you know, you, you didn't sit over in those tables in, in the cafeteria because those were the cool kids. Or maybe you were the cool kid. I, I wasn't. <laughs> you know, and, and so you know that crowd, and people tend to hang around with that crowd. But then you've got those people that are like, you don't want to you don't want to hang around with them because they're a nerd. Or you don't want to hang around with them because they're a loser. But God's sending you all the losers, every single one of them. It's like, God, what are you trying to do to me here? I thought you were my friend, God. I thought you liked me. I'm asking you for help and you're sending me this. 
We, we have to grab a hold of that. David's prayer was, God, send me help. And God is sending him those that are in debt, those that are in distress, those that are discontented. You know, in, in a sense, I think David was kind of, as he was seeing those people that were coming to him, he was saying, come on, God. You know, at least you could have sent me Bill Gates so I could have some money. Or maybe you could, could have sent me Colonel Sanders so I could make, have some chicken or something. Send, send me somebody. Send me James Dobson. He can at least counsel me. Instead, God gives him people who are in distress. The word distress means uh, their lives hadn't been easy. And I'm preaching to some people here today that your lives haven't been easy. I believe that with all my heart. And then the word debt, those that God was sending to him, they were in debt. In other words, they had problems of their own. And then there was the discontented. That means they were bitter of soul. They were not satisfied with their lives. They were wanting something different and something better. And that's the proving ground. That's what God needs. Uh, if you want something better, if you want something different, uh, then God's going to help you with it. Uh, amen. If you want to, listen, if you keep doing the things that you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always gotten. But if you want to get something better, it's going to take a, a prayer. It's going to take a prayer life. Uh, you're going to have to fall upon your knees and call upon God uh, and fast and seek his face and God will come through so God gives David 400 men but they're desperate men and I'm standing here as a desperate preacher I want revival more than anything else And God turns these men, these discontented and distraught men, he turns them into a mighty army. And leading up to that, by the way, David is running from Saul. David did the most, most when we study David's life up to this point, David did most things right. Uh, the Bible says he behaved himself wisely. He honored and served the king Saul. He was a good soldier. He was faithful to God. We see that in the Bible. He was a worshiper. He was fearless. He was godly. This is awesome. But then we see him in a cave, and that cave represents separation. It represents alienation. It represents despair. And there's somebody here today that feels separated or alienated or in despair. And I'm here to preach to you this morning. You're on the cusp of your very next miracle. You're on the cusp of the very great thing that God is about to do in your life. Uh, David was running for his life. He was being rejected. Uh, he was hiding for his life. Uh, and in that place, he was. God was setting him up. Uh, he was putting him together because if David hadn't been discontented and if the people that were coming to him hadn't been discontented, they would not have changed their lives. If David wasn't, wasn't forced to run to the cave of Dullam for his life, he would still be in Saul's court today. But that God knew uh, you can't stay there and be the next king. Uh, I've got to move you out of there. I know it's comfortable because you've got the slave people that are, you know, waving those palm branches at you, and you've got the finest room and the finest furniture and the finest food and the finest of everything, uh, and everything is being handed to you on a silver platter. But I'm going to have to 
to take away that silver platter. I'm going to have to take away that fine apartment you're living in. I'm going to have to take that fine reputation that you have, and I'm going to send you away for a while. And in that place, I'm going to send you away to. You are going to become the man that I want you to become. Amen. From the time David, listen to this, from the time David was anointed to be the next king, when we see him hiding in the cave, Adullam was 20 years. It was about 33 years from the time he was anointed king until he actually became king. And I, I want to say somebody, I want to encourage somebody today, God doesn't always make you wait 33 years before his promise comes true in your life. I don't want somebody to, to get that out of, the, out of this message, but that's what it was for David. Waiting for God to fulfill his promise of 33 years is a long time. 20 plus years he was running for his life, hiding a long time he was, he was running for his life. David did nothing worthy of being hunted like an animal, but he was yet hated by Saul. But David saw the cave as a, a place of protection. I'm going to prove to you here in just a few moments uh, that when we see David uh, in the cave of Adullam out of the scripture that I read to you out of 1 Samuel chapter 22, that is not the first time, I mean, sorry, that is the first time, but it is not the last time we see David fleeing to the cave of Adullam. We'll see it at least twice more in Scripture, and one of those times is at the very end of David's life. Somebody say amen. And so while he was in the cave, he writes a psalm, Psalm 142 and verse 7. And those of you that have your Bible with you today, and maybe I'm not sure if you have it on your tablet if this part will be there, but if you were to open up your Bible to Psalm chapter 142, there is a little title or description at the very top of that. Uh, if you have a Bible, you might want to check it out. It should be in your Bible. It's in most Bibles unless you, uh, you know, maybe they just didn't fit it in there. But this is the way it reads in mine. Right above Psalm 142, it says, the title of the psalm is this, a prayer when he was in the cave. A prayer when he was in the cave. So in Psalm 142, verse 1, it says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. Is there, you know what? I'm going to stop for just a second. I wonder how many of us have ever had the courage to complain to the Lord. I have. <laughs> Regularly. <laughs> okay, Lord, it's Monday. This is my complaint today. <laughs> it's Tuesday. This is my list for Tuesday. Wednesday, this... <laughs> But you kind of know where I'm coming from. David said that he, 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 with my voice unto the Lord, did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. Now listen, I, I believe that when we have a complaint, we should bring it to the Lord. Because he is the one that can help us with it, by the way. But we have got to be careful not to accuse the Lord. 
I hope I get a chance to talk about that in a minute. But in verse 2, I will pour out my complaint before him. He goes on, I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit, notice this, I, 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 there might be somebody here today that is just like this. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knowest my path. Uh, in the way wherein I walked, uh, they, notice this, in the way wherein I walked, uh, they have privately laid a snare for me. This is what David is going through, and he's placing his complaint in the hands of the Lord. Uh, Lord, as I was walking by the way they laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and behold, but there was no man that would know me. Uh, refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. In other words, what David was saying, uh, I'm alone. Nobody's here to help me. Uh, they, they laid a, a snare in the path for me. He, he's just showing the Lord or telling the Lord, not showing the Lord, but telling the Lord what's going on. And so in verse 5, I cried unto, unto thee, O Lord, I said, thou art my refuge. In that cave, David began to cry to the Lord. Uh, this is a psalm. This is a worship song that he's singing to the Lord. He's saying, in that cave, I cried to the Lord. Are, are you beginning to get it right now? He said, uh, I, I, I cried unto thee, Lord, and said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of living. Verse 6, Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Verse 7, Bring my soul out of prison, uh, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, uh, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. So David is starting out in that psalm, and he's putting his complaint before the Lord, uh, and he's starting to complain and talk about this is happening and that, that's happening. And then he says, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be coming out of this cave. Uh, I know I'm in distress right now. I know I'm in trouble right now, but I'm going to be coming out out of this cave. Uh, I guarantee you that. Uh, I'm coming out of this. Uh, and when he says that, he says, I will praise your name. We have got to be extremely careful because when we're in the cave of Dullam, we're, when, when we're in that stress, we can point our bony finger at God and say, God, this is your fault. Uh, or we can look up with our eyes to heaven and admit that we're in distress and admit that we're in trouble, but say, God, I'm still going to praise your name. Uh, I don't know where the help is coming, Lord, uh, but I'm going to praise your name. Uh, I might be in the back of this cave right now, but I'm still going to praise your name. Uh, one day I'm coming out out of this cave and when I come out of this cave I'm going to be remade in your image I'm going to be different than when I went into the cave when I come out God I'm going to praise your name I'm going to lift you up somebody here today needs to do that right now if you're in the cave of Dullam right now go ahead if you're ready to right now stand up to the Lord and begin stand up right now and begin to praise the Lord for your future victory and for your present victory go ahead and praise him go ahead and praise him you're praising him prophetically did you hear me you're praising him prophetically you might not feel like it right now but praise him 
because you're going to come out of this cave. You're going to come out of this damp, dark place. You're going to come out of this place of distress. You're going to come out of this place of death. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. Just a couple hours before service started, one of the men in the church, and I'm not going to tell you who it is because I didn't ask him if I could, but one of the men in the church came to me a couple hours before church started and said, you know what, Pastor, my boss came to me the other day and said I'm getting a $2 an hour raise. How many of you would like a $2 an hour raise? Two of you. The rest of you are all rich. I, I, I hope you give to help camp next week. Now let me ask you again, how many of you would like a $2 an hour raise? How many of you desperately need a $2, need, desperately need a $2 an hour raise? Be, come on, raise. Be honest. I need it, Lord. All right. Some of you aren't being honest right now. All right, let me ask, how many of you could use a 4 or $5 an hour raise? Come on. How many could use a million bucks? Every hand ought to go up in the air. I'm not trying to just joke, but I'm trying to tell you that we have got to know our God is not going to leave us in distress forever. We may be there for now. It may be a temporary circumstance, uh, and I can't tell you how long you're going to be in that cave, uh, but sooner or later you're going to come out of that cave uh, because there's only one way out. A cave is not like a tunnel. A tunnel has the light at both ends. A cave doesn't, right? A, a cave is a cave. It has an end to it somewhere. It might, it might be long. It might be deep. It might be far back into the hills. But a cave is a cave. It's got one entrance in and one entrance out. A tunnel is, if you've ever been through like a railroad tunnel or anything like that, you go in, it gets dark. You come out, it gets light, Right? How many of you have ever gone up 84 in that little tunnel thing that goes right by the uh, right, right by the stilts building there? You know, you go in there, it's dark, you come out, it's light, right? But a cave has an intended purpose. And so David is using this psalm to glorify God and putting a promise deep down in his heart that God will deal bountifully with him. Another Scripture in Psalm 57, again, if you had your Bibles, the title of this psalm would say, to the chief musician when he fled from Saul in the cave. And then he writes Psalm 57, have mercy unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow. In fact, i got to stop here for just a, su- a second. If you're in a cave, you want to put, if you, if you have a piece of paper you can put in your Bible, put it right here at this verse, and you need to read it, these verses. You need to read it all this week long. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings uh, will I make my refuge 
until these calamities be overpassed. Verse 2, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all these things for me. Verse 3, he shall send from heaven. Notice this, he shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. The word Selah means you need to stop and you need to listen to this for just a moment. Don't just keep reading, but listen to what I just said. He goes on there. He said, God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. David could say when he was in that cave, God, you know the truth. You know that I never lifted my hand against Saul. You know that I never tried to take the throne. You never tried, you know, you know that I never lied against him, that I was a good soldier, that I was a that I was a good servant. I did what he told me to do, and I didn't try to just take control of the throne. This these are the things that David is saying. And what verse are we on? Verse 4, it says, my soul is among lions. Among lions. What, look what he's saying. My soul is amongst lions. And I lie even among them, and they are set on fire. Even the sons of men's, men who teeth, whose teeth are like spears and arrows, then uh, their tongues are sharp, uh, are a sharp sword. What David was saying is, they're lying about me. They're saying things about me that are not true. This is what David is saying. Uh, but then he says in five, verse five. Uh, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst. Wherefore, they are fallen themselves. In other words, and he says, Selah there, but he, what he was saying is, they digged a pit for me. They set a trap for me, but ultimately, they're going to fall into their own trap because God is with me. That is what God is saying. And that is the message that you need to hear. So Psalm 57 describes David as, as the Lord strengthened him in the cave and prepared him for what is next. It shows David will be Humble of heart, be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, he says. And then the same chapter shows David with a prayerful heart. He says, I will cry unto God the Most High, to, the, to God who performeth all things. It shows David as a realistic heart. My soul is among lions. They have prepared a net for my steps. Psalm 57 shows a heart of trusting praise to the Lord. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. I will exalt or be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. I want to tell somebody today, no matter your circumstances, we can choose how we're going to come out of this cave. Because every one of us sooner or later is going to be in a cave. David could have curled up in a dark corner in the cave uh, and conceded defeat, uh, or he could have let God, let God mold him. Uh, you see, God, I believe, allowed David to be hiding in the back of the cave when his enemy Saul came uh, to, to the cave to rest, uh, to try him. And I want you to hear this. I, I don't know because I've never really studied this out, but it, unlikely there were other caves in that area of the world. Saul didn't have to go to the cave of Dullam. 
But God took Saul, David's enemy, and brought him to David's cave where David was hiding with 400 men. And I believe God said, all right, David, let's see what you're going to do next. Some of us might not, might not have failed that test. I'm not putting us down, but I want you to think about that. If God takes your enemy, maybe I should say it like this. If you were a boss at work and your arch enemy at high school became a subordinate to you, in other words, you were the boss and now they're working for you, how would you treat them? Most of us would give them all the junk work. Remember you said that to me in high school? Good luck digging that ditch. I'm going to give you a spoon to dig it with. <laughs> Hello? Or maybe it's just me. Uh-huh, come on, all right. I, somebody ought to be thinking out there, you know what I'm talking about. If we had a chance to get even, we'd get even. So David takes Saul and he says, here, David, I'm going to put the man that has made your life miserable for years, and I'm going to put him steps away from you, and you can kill him if you want to. But David chose at that moment. You see, David's character was being molded in that cave. So I believe, I believe God allowed David to be hiding in the back of the cave when, when his Saul came in. What happened next, I believe, was very powerful. It proved that David was, in fact, a man after God's own heart. David's men told him, kill Saul. God put him here. God put him right, right, just steps away from you. Kill him. But David said, I will not because he is the Lord's anointed. And David went out and reached out and grabbed, cut off a small piece of, da of Saul's robe. And even that, even at that, the Bible says David's heart smote him. David felt bad just because he caught up, cut off a piece of the robe of Saul. And so David's heart smote him. In other words, he felt guilty because of that. And he told the king, he said, God, put your life in my hands. See, I want you to hear this. You might want to write this down. How you treat your enemy while you're in the cave reveals your character. How you treat your enemy while you're in the cave reveals your character. And if your character is right, you will not work to destroy your enemy. We all have people that have mistreated us and done us wrong, every single one of us. But how you treat your enemy reveals your character. Maybe I'll put it to you like this. I just believe that my God is able to take care of them, and I don't have to. I just believe he can take care of it. 
I don't need to say anything about them. I don't need to do anything to fight for myself. Uh, I don't need it to do anything to hurt them. And I, in fact, uh, if my heart is right, are you listening to me? If my heart is right, uh, I'm going to be praying for them. Uh, I'm going to say, God, in their distress, in their trouble, I want you to bless them. Uh, I want you to be with them. God, uh, I know they've done me wrong, but I still want you to bless them. Uh, if you have that attitude, uh, you're coming out of that cave pretty soon, friend. How you carry yourself while you're in the cave reveals your steadfastness. Uh, David sung while he was in the cave, have mercy unto me, my soul trusts in thee. I will, I will make a I will take thy refuge, or, or, or I, I will, t- yeah, I will take refuge under thy wings until these calamities pass. These are the type th- things David was saying, uh, and I want you to hear this: the cave of Adullam was a place of protection and a place of maturity and a place of growth. David turned his time in the cave into a psalm in one uh, in Psalm one forty two and Psalm fifty seven. I, I read to you those before. I read those to you before, but I want you to look at this or think about this. If you have a choice, you can harden your heart towards God while you're in the cave, or you can thank him for the protection. Amen. I want somebody to hear this. God has your back. God has your back. And then I've got to bring this to a close soon, but near the end of David's life, once again, we see him in Adullam. In fact, it's 44 years later than the first time David was running from Saul and hid in Adullam. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 13, it says, And three of the thirty chief went down and came to David, in the harvest time unto the cave Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rithom. So we see again David going to the cave Adullam for protection. In 2 Samuel 23, verse 14, and David was then in, in, in hold, which was, which was Adullam. And the garrison of the, Phil, garrison of the Philistines was in Bethlehem. So there were times uh, that David went to the cave uh, because he was at war with the Philistines and at war with others. Uh, but I want you to think about this. By this time in David's life, he was now the king. Uh, he should be in Bethlehem or in Jerusalem. But you're in a cave. It just doesn't seem right. Uh, your enemy is where you should be. Amen. You should be fighting your enemy, not hiding from them. So David's cave uh, was a source of protection. It was a safe a place of peace from turmoil. Amen. You can look at your cave as a step backward and a failure, or you can look at your cave as a painful time in your life, and those may be slightly true, or it can be the place where you will come when future storms come into your life. It can be a place of constant reminder of the steadfast mercy of God. What you do in the cave is up to you. You can complain and get angry and cry and get frustrated uh, or you begin begin to thank God for the shelter and begin to praise him because he's the king of kings uh, and the Lord of lords and he's the great I am. You have a choice. What are you going to do in your cave? 
Psalm 61 and 3 says, For thou hast been a shelter unto me, a strong tower from the enemy. Amen. We need to learn how to embrace in Adullam. We need to learn how to embrace the cave. The cave was where God proved David. Amen. The, the cave was a place where God used that as a training ground for the man of God, the future man of God, the king. And it's that that I'm preaching to you today. I want us to get to a place in our lives that we can be at peace in distress. It's a learning place. It's a place where character is developed. I, 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 listen, I don't like trouble just like you don't like trouble. And sometimes when things come my way, I'm, I'm asking, questioning, God, why are you allowing this in my life? But I have got to learn, and I'm still trying to learn the lesson. I haven't perfected this just like neither have you. Amen. But there, there, I've got to somehow get a place in my life, get to a place in my life where I'm saying, amen, instead of accusing God, I'm saying, okay, God, uh, I'm ready to learn the lesson. What is it? I can't tell you how long your cave is going to last. But I can assure you, if all you're offering up is complaints before the Lord, the cave's going to last a little bit longer. I'm not telling you not to offer complaints, but I'm also telling you to offer some praise. So if you got to complain, complain. If you got to tell the Lord, Lord, you know what, this is what I'm going through. I need some help. Go ahead and do that. But at the same time, offer up some praise because your God is still in the cave. He is everywhere. There is no place where he is not. Amen. You, you, you sometimes, when you're backed into the cave, you think God is not there, but God was there before you got there. God created the cave, and God is there, and he's going to help you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Amen. If somebody could get our musician this morning in Psalm chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Verse 6, in all thy ways. In other words, if I can change this for a moment, and I don't believe I'm doing anything incorrectly, amen, but in all thy trouble acknowledge him. It says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. When you're in a place of distress and despair, cry out unto the Lord. Give him praise and honor and worship and glory. Because somebody, I want you to hear this again. You are going to come out of that cave. Adullam is not going to be a permanent place for you. But there's going to be times in your life you're going to go back again. Because if you will embrace Adullam, amen, you will find that it is a place uh, where God will mold you and shape you. Amen. So I read it again. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, for he shall direct thy paths. Wherever God has you right now, whether it's on the mountaintop or in the valley or in the cave, my last thought this morning is trust him. Trust him. I, just like anybody else, I enjoy the mountaintop. But I've never learned anything on the mountaintop. Maybe you have, I haven't. I never learn anything on the mountaintop. But I always learn something in the valley. 
And I assure you, I always, I always learn something in the cave. Would you stand with me this morning? I just wonder this morning, is there somebody here that is in a place of distress right now? And I, I don't want you to embarrass yourself at all, but I, I just feel like, as we, and we typically open up the altar, and I, I want to do it again, amen, because if, if you're in a place of distress, uh, I want you to put your petition before the Lord. I want you to cry out before the Lord. Uh, if it seems like you've been backed into a cave uh, and everybody that's coming to you is the people that are in distress and in debt and discouraged, uh, and you're backed into a cave and you would like to have some people that would come and encourage you, but it seems like everybody coming your way is discouraging you. Amen. Go ahead and let God talk to you while you're in the cave uh, because those people that are in distress uh, are going to be your next army. They're going to be your fellow soldiers going to battle with you and for you, and they are going to be mighty men and women. Amen. This altar is open. I just wonder this morning, is there anybody that really wants to put out your petition before the Lord? Is there anybody that wants to come and cry out to the Lord? Say, have mercy on me, oh God. Have mercy upon me. Is there somebody here that wants to take that step of faith and say, God, I'm going to lift up my voice to you. I'm going to cry unto you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. Even in this cave and even in this time of distress, uh, I'm going to give honor and glory to you. If there's anybody here that wants to do that this morning, this altar, this altar is open. And let it be primarily a place of worship and praise and thanksgiving for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Our musician going to play and they're going to sing. Is there anybody that wants to talk to him right now? Are you willing to cry out to the Lord in your distress? Is there anybody else who wants to come? This altar is open. We'll be glad to pray with you. We've got prayer warriors that will pray with you. ladies that would come and help us pray with these ladies that are in the altar, please. you're not in the altar this morning, but you are in a cave in your life, go ahead and begin to worship the Lord. Begin to raise your voice to Him. There is 
begin to sing and thank God because God's going to help you through this. Those of you that can join us, let's sing this.
song to the Lord.
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.